0: We're going live, buddy. Get ready. This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports. Welcome to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Friday edition, as we start off your weekend with some of the bigger, biggest news in sports, have some college uh sports news for you today. We'll probably start you off with um, but uh, I guess the biggest news is that the commanders Jack were finally sold. Um, it was supposed to be for like over six billion dollars, and uh, Daniel Snyder owes the NFL 60 million. A lot of that coming from the money he did not give to the NFL owners from his home games, Jack. So, what
1: are your thoughts on that? This is a good thing for Washington. I mean, originally you had $60 million. You were, wow, that Roger Goodell, he's really socking it to Daniel Snyder. What a penalty, man. Oh, man. $60 million. But when you think of the total, match it up against 6 billion off the top of my head, I'm not, I'm not doing the math exactly off the top of my head because you caught me off guard with the total, Mac. even though I knew it was 60 million. Is that 1%? Is that less than 1% or whatever? But it's the amount of a penalty that'll make the NFL look good, like they're doing something to Daniel Snyder. But if that's money he essentially stole from them, uh it, and and he's making about six billion and giving back sixty million, it's such a little amount. Why would Daniel Snyder want to go to court against the NFL and risk more damages? So he'll gladly pay the sixty million. He gets off like a bandit, he gets to keep most of the money that they feel he shouldn't have taken. Notice I didn't use the word stole, okay, you You know? Uh, And it's kind of laughable in a way, but you know what it is, they're just happy the NFL to move on from Daniel Snyder, finally get rid of him, get him out of their lives, and maybe they have an agreement behind the scenes where he's not going to sue the NFL. on anything, and everyone moves on, and it's a bad episode. Daniel Snyder gets away with it in one sense that he gets a fortune of money, but he loved being the owner of the Washington football team. He really did. So in that sense, he's hurt that, you know, he loses possession of the team.
0: Good morning, Rich. Glad to have you you. on, one of our faithful listeners, Rick Sherlock. Hey, Rick. Who kind of... Badmouth you uh uh when we were on uh the Sunday show, the one you didn't make, but then he read then well, he re- I, I
1: I understand. I, I usually my points make them look bad so I can <laughs> understand, you know. But he came so back. I wanted he, to said,
0: he came back and said he really respects you. So he was uh, it was all in fun, Jack. So uh good morning, we're <laughs> glad to have you on. Um, so the new owners were are promising that they're gonna support. The front office are going to support the coaches and, of course, the players. Uh, they're going to try and turn uh, what a bad situation into a good situation. They say it's going to take time. I know the stadium is kind of in shambles. The experience is not what it used to be. And you know, back in the '80s, Jack, uh, the, the the Washington Redskins were a powerhouse, and going to play in Washington was a was hard to win in that stadium. So if they can get it back semi to what it was in the 80s, uh, the Commanders will be back
1: on their way again, to or Washington will be back on their way again. You know, Matt, the Washington Commanders, a very strange team. There's this perception that the Washington Commanders are one of the weaker teams in the NFL. That's that perception, and maybe they are, because they have Sam Howell, basically a second-year quarterback. Why he's starting for them? It might have disaster written all over it, even though Eric the enemy's in your offensive coordinator. But last year they were eight eight and one. Right. They did not have a losing record. They did not have a losing record last year. So if Washington just marginally improves, then the win column, they'll have a winning record and they'll be contending for playoff birth. But of course, the potential there's for them to slide backwards. It's puzzling how they address their quarterback situation. Sam Holler, fifth round draft choice, has one good game late in the season against Dallas, and they decide he's going to be the starter. They're moving forward with him being the starter. And with that small, tiny body of work, you know, they leave themselves really in a predicament if it doesn't work out.
0: I agree. And uh, Rick makes a good point. There will probably be some civil suits from employees that were ha- harassed there. A lot of things happened in Washington during yeah, Daniel, Snyder's, Daniel Snyder's uh, time there. Uh, we had Jim Jeffcoat's son that actually played for the Washington Commanders, or I guess it was the Redskins at that time, who made some comments about Snyder too that weren't too uh, too flattering. So uh, we'll see. It was
1: not play its own though.
0: No, no, definitely was not. So there'll be a lot of other stories coming, I would imagine. Harassments, uh, uh, you know, there's a suit being filed uh, by uh, Gruden over the Redskins and in the NFL. That'll still be going on. So this this story isn't dead as yet as far as going, uh, the story of Daniel Snyder. And,
1: and Mac, Mac, what it comes on the news, Magic Johnson is a minority owner. Now, come on. I mean, let him be a minority owner, because Magic Johnson, if he's in on any football decisions, I mean, what's Magic Johnson really going to know? It's like A-Rod being part owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves and making basketball decisions and all the basketball moves. I'm not saying Magic Johnson isn't a highly intelligent guy. He certainly is, and I'm not saying he shouldn't have any small input, but that's the key word, small. Normally with minority owners, they get good seats to the games. They get to be in the fancy owner's box, and they have all the perks. They can mingle with the players and the whole bid. And it, it's like a glorified toy, being yeah. a minority owner. I mean, people don't even realize with the Mets when Steve Kong sold the team, the will Ponds were still technically owners in a way minority owners they have no say on the decision making right. but they're minority owners i'd love to be a minority owner I have 1% of a team mac this way you know you go to the games you feel like a big shot and i guess that's the case of magic johnson is magic johnson really going to fly to washington for the games <laughs>
0: Maybe some, maybe some big games, Jack. Where it's high profile. Big game at the
1: end. If in the yeah. playoffs is something, you know, magical be there. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 Definitely.
1: Unless it's too cold out.
0: <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah. If he's in a box, you won't have to worry about that, Jack. Yeah. There's been uh, uh, there's a huge story breaking, and I, I caught wind of this uh, last week. I talked, told Keith to look into it, and it's getting bigger now. Uh, the Northwest University sexual hazing of football and softball players. Uh, the baseball coach has been fired. Uh, there's reports coaches participating in this hazing. In the military, they did this and they got in a lot of trouble, Jack. They were hazing the new recruits. Um, We're going to go over it with, with Keith uh, as he comes in. He's our college sports expert. But, Jack, I mean – how can something like this go on for three years of what they're saying? In 2000, I think it was 18 to
1: 2021. It goes on because it's part of the culture and sports all the way up to the pros. How, how are rookies treated, Mac? Rookies are expected to carry the bags of the other players, do this, do that. Now, listen, I understand if things are done in good, fun, that a rookie has a certain obligation. They go take the team out to dinner. Come on, Mac. Most of these rookies make very little money compared to the, you know, the veteran players who've been on the team. And you know, and it's just like a culture that goes on. I mean, it's worse in college because you have the fraternities and you have these initiations that they have to go through. And even though they're intended to be like a fun thing. It gets out of hand. I mean, we've heard about students actually dying yeah. during some of these hazing things because things went a little too far. The intention wasn't to hurt them, but things have went a little too far. I think all these hazing stuff has to stop, and I'm even against this rookie stuff. I know it's supposed to be fun, you know, but if, if it's something that you have a direct thing with, that's a fun thing. Rookies required to carry the bags and it's written on the wall and everyone's doing it in good fun. The rookies are carrying the veterans' bags. I'm okay with that. But what happens if you have a rookie who doesn't want to do it? He's here to play ball. He says the heck with this. I remember Kurt Gibson, who wasn't a good guy because he had a, an incident with a female reporter where he was abusive. So Kurt Gibson was a bad, bad guy for what he did before. But professionally, when he first came to uh, the Dodgers, there were pranksters going on. The players like to do these little pranks. He he roared, you know, in an angry tone. He wasn't going to put up with it. He's here to play ball. None of this nonsense, you know, to go on. And the hazing, it just has to stop Cold Mac with these fraternities. But will it?
0: Yeah, I mean, especially in college. I mean, in pro, you know, you're your expected thing. Even when I played high school ball, Jack, they had a, a night where they sh- they sprayed us with shaving cream and we had to sing wow. you know, we had to sing a song for the for the other player. I, I didn't I didn't have no problem with it. I, I never hazed anybody, it was part of hazing anybody. But you know, I, I've seen it some is is pretty uh, cruel. They did throw somebody's uh, pants up on top of the goalposts one time, and that was kind of cool. But other than that, I mean, it was all in fun. You know, so I had no
1: problem with it. You're not something, Mac. You have a certain personality I have a certain personality. I hate it, Mac. I hate it. I'm going in there. I don't want to be have shaving cream get put on me because I'm a rookie. I'm a freshman. I hate it, Mac.
2: Yeah.
1: I can't stand it. I feel I'm being violated but I'm supposed to smile and go along with it, you know, it, because, you know, I'm part of the team, not to be different, you know, just be one of the guys. And if I don't go along with it, all of a sudden my teammates hate me. They don't like me. Okay. Right. I'm non-grata to them because I don't like to, I don't like to be part of that. It's yeah. gotta flat out stop. I mean, the only way the only way it stops if the if the administration, the coaches make it clear none of this can go on. You do any hazing, any initiations, any of this, any of that. We don't have it. You know, and the guys who like the haze is going to think, oh, this isn't any fun. I'm not enjoying myself. Well, you're there on business. You're on a team. You're there to win. You're there to perform to the best of your abilities. You want to have a good time. Go out on your own in the weekend and do whatever you want as long as it's within the law. It doesn't get you arrested and in trouble. Yeah. But that's not you're there. what you're there for the sports team. If the coach had no control of that and players are getting violated, that coach gets fired. Do you ever <clears> hear <throat> that nonsense happen with Indiana on the Barbie Knights? Players are hazing one another. You know, you don't hear of that. He wouldn't put up with that. He would put a, a, a flat-out stop to that on the snap of a finger. And you will know something: the players would be so scared of him, they wouldn't screw around. Yeah,
0: yeah. And when it goes to underage girls on softball team, you're going too far. That I. That, that oh, absolutely. I, we'll, absolutely. We'll, and we'll get into it deeper with Keith. Uh, the second big story out there, Jack, of course, is running in in situation the NFL, Josh Jacobs, and Saquon Barkley. Uh, and of course, Barkley's the big name, and that's why they're concentrating on Barkley. Josh Jacobs is
1: a big name, too. Right, but in
0: in this area, New York, in this area, New York, they're going to talk about Barkley more than Jacobs. Yeah, Uh, he came out and he said, F you to the Giants, F you to the players. Uh, No, he didn't
1: say it. No, no, Mac, Mac, there, there you go again, twisting the words. He said, I can say F you, meaning if he wanted to. He didn't actually say it. He's giving an example. Jack, that's like me saying to
0: you, I could tell you you're bald, but I'm not going to say it. I just said it. You know,
1: he did say it in a roundabout way. So... I don't know. No, what I, you, you were waiting to make fun of the haircut I got. <laughs> I knew you would slip that in one way or the other. You know, I, I knew it. Well, Barkley,
0: what does he expect the players to do? Does he expect them to sit out with him? Does he expect them to get involved in what in and his contract disputes? That's not for the players to do. The players are there to win positions, to to, to be part of the I team. Think. And listen. I love Saquon Barkley, Jack. You know that. I would imagine he's going to sign a contract, uh, the tag, when the season starts. I would imagine uh, it's going to cost him quite a bit of money if he doesn't. Um, And I know this may make Barkley unhappy. I just saw today where he's going to show he's the greatest running back in the league. So maybe this inspires him. I don't know how Barkley thinks. But it's going to be interesting to see how he can play an offense that he really hasn't He's not going to be in training camp for. He's not going to uh, 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 work with the team like he normally does. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does if they start him day uh, the first week against Dallas Monday night. That's going to be interesting.
1: Well, I think Barkley chose the wrong words, much as Zach Wilson last year blundered his words. You know, after a bad game, and has never still hasn't lived down. You know, the words he has. Barkley has a lot of collateral because he's been a great player for the Giants. He should have said, if I wanted to, I could say bleep you to the organization. Right. You know, but but don't mention, say, the players. You know, he wasn't thinking, you know, he didn't mean to put down his teammates in any way, shape, or form. But the way it sounds, players, and the guys on the team are thinking, you know, so-and-so... I don't think any hard feelings touch Saquon Barkley at all. I think everyone understands. I think the player is intelligent enough to know what his value is, and that he is getting a bit of a raw deal. I I totally
0: agree with you, Jack. Um, you know, the running back position they say is is dwindling as far as you know as as far as uh, what they're worth, and I can't imagine. Uh, Football without a great running back. There's been great running backs through history more, so more before than now. I don't want to see this turned into arena football, Jack, where all we do is throw and hand off once in a while. When you have a weapon like a Barkley or a Jacobs or, a, or, a, uh, uh, Aaron, Aaron Green for the Packers that can catch the ball out of the backfield, like a wide receiver. Um, I, I think Barkley was tied with receptions last year with the, with the leading receiver for the giants. So, He's not just a running back. He's also a wide receiver. And from what I read, he was trying to get paid as a wide receiver, Jack. And that's where the problems uh, started at the end. I should say that's where they ended, was he was trying to get wide receiver money.
1: No, 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 I don't think it was that. I think he wanted his money fully guaranteed. And they did. No, they didn't. They didn't. He wanted it guaranteed all this year. And listen, you sign a one-year franchise cap. the money's all guaranteed for the one year. But right. he wanted next year's money to be guaranteed completely to what they franchise him as. And he wanted to work maybe on the third year of an extension. Jacksonville did that with Evan Ingram
2: right. and
1: guaranteed most of the money. They did a three-year deal, something like $41 million total. So the way things stand now, Barkley, this year, next year, would get $22.5 million maximum. If he signed a franchise tag this year and signed it next year, well, he wanted the money all guaranteed. And the Giants and him with something like $2 million apart. And it's easy to say, well, Barkley should have given in. No, he shouldn't have been the one to give in. He's getting underpaid as it is. The Giants should have just guaranteed the Don money, you know, a couple of million more because he's getting less than value. As far as what you mentioned about running backs before, the game's changed because quarterbacks have become running backs. Daniel Jones is a good running quarterback. So the Giants feel they could maybe design some plays for him and he could take off and run on his own. You make a good point about Saquon Barkley. What happens if Saquon Barkley comes to camp and he starts rebelling. He wants to be a wide receiver. Yeah. Okay? That's what I want to be. I don't want to be a running back. I'm going to come. I'm going to play this year. If you play me at the wide out, you could. And Annie says you could play me at running back some of the time, too. But I mainly want to be a wide receiver. I'm going to come back based on that figuring next year for the franchise tag they would have to tag him as a wide receiver which means more money that they could give him but of course that's not going to happen that wouldn't work out so is not a pure wide receiver to put him you know in that position even though i think he could adjust if push came to shove
0: well they do that in san francisco with debo samuels jack he's a wide receiver slash running back right he's he's a guy that they can put in the backfield as a running back too but he's he is a wide receiver by title so Maybe Barkley could do that. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. It's gonna be interesting to see uh what happens. And I did put down running quarterbacks. Listen, if you if your running back gets hurt, you normally have a good running back that can replace him, right? I mean, you normally have two, two, two real good running backs and one running back that may be okay. If your quarterback gets hurt, you normally don't have a quarterback that is as good as a first string quarterback. So it's still a dangerous game, Jax. When you're running yeah. Josh Allen and you're running uh, uh, Hertz, who got hurt last year a little bit, or you're ru- running, of course, uh, uh, Jackson with the with the Ravens, who got hurt a couple times
1: now, that's a dangerous game you're playing. But they get paid more. They get compensated more. So no one's arguing. No, Saquon Barkley's not saying I sh- should get paid as much as Daniel Jones. I mean – Actually, I think he's worth more than Daniel Jones, at least in the short term. Right now. But he think. just wants to get paid. Well, look, Zach Zach Martin, the great cowboy guard, okay, who's going to be a yes. Hall of Famer. Yes. He signed a seven-year deal a while back, and it's paying him like $13 million a year. Now the great offensive linemen, some of them, are making close to $20 million a year. And he's getting underpaid, he feels, and he's holding out. Yeah. Now, how do I feel about that? Well, why did you sign the seven-year deal? But seven years is a long time. But he he signed seven years, thirteen million. But even that, an offensive lineman for Dallas is getting paid more than Saquon Barkley. I understand the great one and Zach Martin. Right. But the point, you know, but cases vary. If a guy signs a long-term contract and he outplays the contract by far, you could maybe work some type of extension out with him or some type of, you know, kind of restructuring. But then again, the team is taking risks too because we know, Mac, this is football. Guys get hurt at various points and they're giving you full value for your money.
0: Yeah. I talked to Jim about that, and he said without Martin, the uh, Dallas Cowboys would be in trouble on their offensive line. Well, he's holding
1: out for now.
0: Yeah. He's holding sure. out. Yeah, and, and you know, they just signed that rookie to a 50 million, I don't know how many year contract. It's more than Martin. But more Martin is old, too. And, you know, Jack, there's something to be said about honoring your contract, too, right? I mean, you signed this in good faith. They put it out there in good faith. At the time, you're making more than maybe most offensive linemen. There's something to be said about, uh, uh, to me anyway, you signed a contract, you should play under that contract.
1: Yeah, it, you do, but. The extenuating circumstances, if it's a colossal blunder, you don't sign. Let's say Otani comes to the Angels, and he's all giddy. He signs $3 million a year for 10 years, and he's in his fourth or fifth year with the Angels now, whatever. Do you expect him to play five, six more years at $3 million a year compared to other players and say, oh, honor your contract? No, come on. That would be absurd. It would be absurd. I understand what you're saying.
0: That. I understand what you're saying, Jack. But I, I don't think Martin – I don't know if Martin signed that as a rookie or not or be he signed that oh. a few years later. So I, they, I don't know. Go ahead. I, I just don't know well, what this – He signed it later. Is. Right, right. So, I mean, if you're – to me, again, that's a long time. They're making an investment in you. Maybe you should honor it. Maybe they should work and maybe bump you up a little bit. But to sit out because of that I think is wrong.
1: Well, that's what happened with Scotty Pippen with the Chicago Bulls. He signed a seven-year deal at something like $2.8 million per year.
2: Right.
1: And, that, and when he signed it, it wasn't too bad. But, you know, a year later, everyone was getting a lot more money.
2: Yeah.
1: And the Bull owner, Jerry Reisendorf, held him to it. And it was a frustrating thing. Pippen was constantly unhappy. But Reisendorf... At the end, when Pippin at the end of his career, Reisendorf brought him back and gave him a two-year deal and overpaid him for the two years because he said we underpaid him before. He kind of tried to make it up a bit to him. You know, he was, was an honorable man, you know, the yeah. Bull and White Sox owner, Jerry Reisendorf.
0: Don't look now, Jack, but the Baltimore Orioles, uh are in first place over Tampa Bay Tampa Bay's kind of been uh, falling off lately and Baltimore of course have been playing really good ball. uh this reminds me of the late 60s, early 70s, you know, but of course Red Sox and Yankees were, were challenging them back then. but I'm kind of glad to see the Orioles up there in first place Jack It's a I'm they've been glad
1: to- I <coughs> to see Aaron Hicks producing for the yeah. Orioles. He's a starter. he's a key contributor. He's better than whatever else the Yankees have out there. And the Yankee fans drove him out of time. You know, Yankee fans are pretty classless. I mean, let's be honest about it. I want to hear, oh, the greatest fans in the world. Aaron Hicks plays seven years for the Yankees. He comes back. They give him a little video tribute on the score, but what else are they supposed to do? Just ignore that he came back after all this some' A quick little thing. It's harmless. Watch the video thing. You don't like it. Don't say anything, don't even react, but they boo him.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, that's so impolite. That's so kind of classless. The boo a guy coming back. And then you have Keith Dangle, well, he would he wouldn't wouldn't have done it in New York. Oh really? He would have done it in New York. And he did it in New York before. That's why he earned his contract here in New York. I don't want to hear about the pressures in New York. We go back to Eddie Whitson. In the early 1980s, you know, with Billy Martin, because of Eddie Whitson pitched poorly here, we keep saying guys can't handle the pressure in New York. I mean, that's complete nonsense over here. You know, I mean, we have, we're living in such an age of social media, Mac. You're under the microscope no matter where you play. You that's really true. are. Because, I mean, LeBron James could play in Cleveland. He was under the microscope there. OK, I mean, think of all the compelling players where they're playing in there under the microscope in this in their city.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I agree with you, Jack. I think I think Aaron Hicks let the fans get to him. He didn't want to play. He was unhappy. Uh, he wasn't working as hard as he could have, because listen, if, if somebody doesn't want me on your team and they're going to boo me every time I go out there, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, too uh, excited about doing my best job either. Jack, I'm going to go out there and play the game. And do what I can do. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna work extra hard if I'm not appreciated.
1: Well, no, we don't know how hard he was working. He, he should have just been put in the lineup. Aaron Boone should have said, Look, you're my left fielder, you're in the lineup. You understand sometimes people are gonna boo this and that. Don't worry about it, you'll straighten out and leave it at that. Rather, they came to the conclusion he had nothing left. They came to that conclusion he was. He, has, he can't come back, nothing more to offer. The Orioles saw something in him. They thought he had some really good baseball left in him, and the Orioles were right. Yeah. I mean, their judgment, their scouting was better than the Yankees, point blank. Yeah. And the Yankees get so pessimistic, they want to just, like, drive a guy out of town. Like, early in the year, Anthony Volpe, he was struggling. Not that he's doing so great now, but they wanted to send them back down to the minors. I mean, they get on guys too easily, you know, who just aren't producing at that time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, 12 double-digit scores, Jack. There has been more double-digit scores in the major league since 1894. And there's a lot of reasons that people are putting up there why there's so many runs. The major reason they're saying – is the pitch clock, Jack, that the pitch clock is not letting pe- the, 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 the pitcher get zoned in. He's hurried to throw the ball and makes more mistakes. Um, you know, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on it. It, it does help the offense. Uh, they love offense in the MLB more than a good pitching game. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? you think it's because of the
1: pitch clock, Jack? You know, let's say the scores were low, or we say it's because of the pitch clock. Because the hitters didn't have a chance to get set. I don't think it's the pitch clock. I think with all the teams, all the pitches, you know, the quality of pitching isn't as good. Show me the top of the line pitches, how they're doing compared to past years. And that basically would give you a better read on it if you look at the elite guys, how they're performing. Yeah. And I don't know, I'd be interested to hear what the players have to say, you know, on that. I can't, I don't recall any player coming out with a statement, well, the scores are higher because of the pitch clock, this or that. I just think it's one of those things that the pitching just isn't that good on balance. I mean, there's so many names they throw in there, you know, and how good are some of these guys? Yeah, and, and a lot
0: more relief pitching done today than there was way back when. You know, they're, they're, they're limited on their pitches, whether they're pitching really good or not, and they pull them after seven innings or whatever they feel the uh, the cutoff uh, for that pitcher should be. And a lot of teams end up, you know, the Yankees especially, every year starting to happen again. They burn out their bullpen, and when they put these guys in, they're just serving up home runs. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of credence to what you're saying, Jack. I don't think there's as many good pitchers because of the teams. There's so many teams, and it's a little bit the pool is not as you know. The, there's not as many big fishes there used to be in the pool. There's a lot of little fish, and the hitters are just uh, teeing off on these guys. I think. Talk about
1: giving good. up on guys Matt. Talk about giving up on guys Chapman. They wrote, couldn't ride him out of town quick enough. He's got his velocity back. The other day, he threw 102 miles an hour. He was clocked quickest in the major leagues this year on three pitches. Yeah. Okay. His velocity is back. Okay. Yeah. And and they gave up on Chapman, and he's with Texas now. And now Texas is talking about making him the closer. They already have a closer, but they're tempted to. And, again, we give up on guys. I hope this is a lesson to Steve Cohen in the New York Mets. If they, they might be sellers at the trade deadline, but if they stick with their guys, they could contend next year if they don't wager come back this year because everything is going wrong for the Mets, basically. They could go wrong. And just stay with the guys you have and not produce late on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Listen, I think they burnt out Chapman. I think they burnt out Chapman uh, when he was here, and maybe in Texas they're not using him as much as the Yankees did. There's only you know, there's always
1: hang the Texas, but he he had control problems with the Yankees. There was a point with the Yankees where he was dreadful. But you let him, you know, you kind of stick with him after well, maybe not as the closer. I'm gonna acknowledge that because he had some poor closing outings. But stick with him, he missed a practice last year before the playoffs. So they decided we're getting rid of him. But if he was pitching up to his standards and he missed the practice. They definitely wouldn't have gotten rid of them. They just would have sat down and had a talk with them. You know, they discipline these players when they're not performing that great. But when the players are really performing well, there's different sets of roles.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I listen, I, I just know every year it seems the same. I don't know if there a lot of people, of course, are calling for Boone to be fired. I don't know if it's Boone's fault or not. He he's got the players he's got. I don't know if it's uh, – I don't even know if it's a GM swap. The players aren't playing. The people get hurt. I don't know. There's something wrong with the Yankees, that's for sure. A lot of – they keep going. and the Injuries are just unbelievable on the
1: Yankees. And then you hear these people, they complain the way the team is constructed, and they say, well, go out and get another guy. Go out and get this. Yeah. Go out and get that. Yeah. It's like a guy who's not happy in his job, and someone is pestering him. I'll just go out get a higher-paying job. Yeah, like right. it's not easy. Just go out and get it. Yeah, like a, right. and he'll ask, well, where? What? Well, go out. there, You know, there, there. Just, out there. Out there. just go out and get something, you
0: know. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, let's see. Uh Milwaukee. Is it Milwaukee? Let me see. The Twins. Uh Jared Kelenic breaks his foot by kicking the water cooler following a strikeout loss in a ninth inning. Uh, six three to
1: fet. Uh, Matt, Mac, uh, Mac, I have to cut in on this. Go ahead. Jared tells Nick he, he breaks his foot kicking the water cooler because he has a fit of anger. He should not get paid. He should not get paid. If I'm the Mariner owner, I see to it, he doesn't get his checks until he's back playing in, you know, for the big team on the rest. And not while he's rehabbing, he doesn't get paid. The Players Association is going to appeal it. Let them take me to court. Please take me to court because I'm going to enjoy going against you. These players have to learn. His childish outburst hurt him, it hurt the team. And why should he get paid for this, Mac? I mean, it's Thanks. absurd for him to start, continue to collect a check.
0: Well, as you said, the player union would uh, jump in. Jackie would end up getting paid in the end, anyway. So,
1: uh, oh, no, no, not if they went to court. Could you imagine the one went in front of some jury or something? You think if you're a juror, you're going to decide the guy should get paid?
0: Well, there's. I the had
1: a childish outburst. I don't know
0: if you sign a bargaining agreement, which I've been in a union before. If it goes to court, that, because you already voted on the the, the uh, bargaining agreement, so that is considered the law. The, the judge won't touch that, because the players' union and the Major League Baseball came to an agreement. That's where the law is, where the judge where they could either take them to court or not take them to court. So since the the bargain was signed. That is the law, Jack. So I don't think you could take him to court. I, I mean, I guess you could try, but the judge would I mean, if it's
1: if it's the law, I'm not sure what the law is. I can't imagine if you're missing time because of that. Yeah. Or you know what I would do? You know what I would do? I would tend to try to get my point across to the manager. If I'm the owner, I'm a strong manager. I'll let the owner basically know when he's healthy to play. I want him sitting for a month. Right. I want him sitting on the bench for a month when he's ready to play. And I'll let the and you can tell the manager to say, this is what the owner wants. He wants you to sit down and think about what you have to do. I'm basically putting him on timeout on the bench. Yeah. You sit there, you're not playing. You know how edgy he's gonna be. He's back with his glove uniform, he's ready to play again. And he's shut down completely. Yeah. Oh, I well, guess well, that's right. if the Mariners are out of it. If the Mariners are contenders <laughs> for the playoffs, Maca. I don't know. Uh, right? I I'm mean, maybe you should like myself completely. Maybe, maybe you should make them clean the water coolers for a month or so. Well, that you can't do. No, I'm not going to try to be demeaning and Absolutely. do that. But
3: uh, I'm going to have right. the
1: guys sit down. I'm going to have the guys sit down. And say, I want you to write for me 25,000 times, I will not kick the water cooler. I will not kick the water cooler. Sit, write it down, write it down, write it down, and then hand me the paper. But you can't do that because that would be considered some type of abuse. In the old times, you could. The discipline was better then. Yeah, well, you could do a lot more than just make them write down, I will not do
0: things. Um, The only game last night locally was Milwaukee beat the, uh, the Phillies. I think I've lost two in a row, but that's the ebb and flows of the game. They're still in a wild card hunt. Uh today's games we got the Royals against the Yankees, the Mets at Boston. So there's two teams playing each other from our area. Be interesting to see if Boston can make a late run at this uh wild card thing and what happens with the Mets. So it's gonna be a big, big game for both ball clubs They're an important series. The to Mets hold. ever
1: gonna get started, Mac.
0: I don't know. Are they
1: going to get started this year? I, We're waiting.
0: I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, even Alonzo's having his problems. I I don't know what's going to happen with the Mets, Jack.
2: I really
1: Jeff don't. McNeil's not hitting. Good thing he signed that $50 million contract because yeah, yeah. those numbers wouldn't be out. That's a lesson for athletes. When you have a chance to get the money, get the money. Don't wait to be greedy to get a little more.
0: And we got Philly against the Indians, or the Guardians, I should say. Uh, they're in they're in cleveland question for you jack i read i read today should we think of aaron judge as a mike trout
1: well yeah in what way i mean trout is more accomplished trout's an all-time great player even Love though him. he might not have the longevity when all is said and done he still needs a little more longevity trout to be put in the category, you know, of the true all-time greats. But at peak value, Trout's basically well, I, as good as any outfielder that has played the game for the most part.
0: They, they were talking injury-wise. Should we start expecting Judge to be hurt every couple of years or like Trout is? or, or is I don't know. Should...
1: I've had a different philosophy, Mac, a little bit. I'm coming over to your way of thinking. I know Judge is an injury-prone in the sense that the injuries are his fault, running into a faulty fence in Los Angeles was bad. Uh, and, and, you know, and also with uh,
0: Getting hit in hand with a pitch you know, in his fault. Yeah, yeah. Right, that wasn't his fault. Yeah, I understand that. I'm just saying they're saying, you know, Mike Trout, of course, one of the greatest players uh, in the last probably decade or so, uh, gets injured quite a bit. you are thinking maybe this is uh, what we're gonna we can come to expect with judge too when he's playing, he's gonna be great. and when he's not, he's not. So uh, you know yeah. I don't know I don't know if that's something that uh, we can talk
1: about. yeah, more. I mean what well, we'll we'll see with judge uh, you know, getting the way he's getting hurt. it's not like he's get like John Carlos Stanton just running, pulling muscles. right and It's not right. self-induced. It's like other forces are injuring. You know, Judge, Trout's injuries, you know, more self-induced. Trout hasn't been that injury prone if you look at it on balance,
0: though. He's yeah, I mean, right listen, now, listen I, I would love to have Mike Trout on my team. There's no doubt about that. Um, NBA News, Jack. MB says he wants to win a championship, if not with the 76ers, somewhere else. What do you think about players that think like that, Jack? I mean, you know, I know a lot of players today go from team to team. Michael Jordan wouldn't say that. Larry Bird wouldn't say that. Uh, you know, uh, Dr. J would not say that. What do you think about the players today as a, compared to, you know, in the, in, the, in the earlier years that just stayed
1: with their team and they built their team almost from within? Yeah, why can't they just say I want to win a championship before my career is over? Yeah. Why is not here somewhere else? But then again, should these players necessarily be so loyal to their teams? Are their teams that loyal to them? If a team has a chance to improve a little bit, they'll get rid of the player. Yeah. So is there anything wrong the player's looking out for himself? Look at Marcus Smart with the Celtics. He didn't want to leave the Celtics. Right. He was there his whole career. And they and they trade him to get Porzingis. Okay? So Marcus Smart is now gone. And where was the loyalty for the Celtic organization to him? But they saw an opportunity to improve a little bit. You know, it, it's it's what it is. Uh, is, that a, is that an improvement? Is that an improvement, Jack? They w- It would have been an improvement if it was Jalen Brown going and Marcus Smart staying. Agree. The way they're constructed now, I don't like the chemistry. Uh, I like the chemistry a little better with Marcus Smart there. Me too, me you know, too. I would like Porzingis instead of Brown, though, in that yeah. slap, but it's what yeah. it is. You know, this this talk that this, whether the Celtics are going to sign Brown to the max contract, $295 million, it would be a mistake. It would be a mistake to sign him, you know, to the five-year deal for that type of money. He's not a superstar type player. Jason Tatum is clearly the best
0: play on that. Team. Oh, clearly, and Corazinga gets hurt a lot too. For and the big guys get hurt, so uh, he has injury. He has an injury pass, and he had a great year last year. Yeah, so because when, yeah, yeah, last
1: year for Washington, he did wasingus. Yeah. yeah, we'll
0: see. We'll see what happens with that. Um. So we talked about the uh, the running back position a little bit um, prior. Um, let me let me see here. Will if Barkley decides to sit out, Jack six hundred and fifty million dollars a week if he doesn't play. I don't know how how much Barkley has in the bank or not right now, but he does have a wife and a child, and I imagine he does not want to lose six hundred and fifty million dollars. Oh, six hundred and fifty thousand
1: dollars a week. Sorry. Yeah, whatever the exact amount is, Mac. It's a decision only he can make because he has to look at his future down the line. You can only play football for so long, okay? And the thing is, uh, he he has he has to figure out what his financial security is going to be. Right. That's the whole thing about it. Like going forward, he you can't tell someone what to do in that type of situation. Like if they ask the advice, I'd ask them, well, how much money do you have now? Do you have enough money now to last you the rest of your life and live comfortably? And if the answer is no, not according to his standard of living, and he needs one more season, if it's the 10000000 million, let's say after taxes, he clears $5 million. Mm-hmm. That $5 million, he could put in an annuity you know, for the rest of his life, and try to get interest off it, and do this and do that. It's for for a sports superstar. That's not mega money, but for the average Joe Schmo, that's earth shattering in a way. You know, to have that type of money. So he's going to have to make that value judgment.
0: I agree. Uh, there's some people saying maybe the Giants should go after and get Delvin Cook. Uh, he'd be a lot cheaper. And, uh, of course, he's a little bit older than Barkley, but he still has got some tread treading attire. Uh, what do you think about that, Chad?
1: Everyone wants Delvin Cook. Every single team in the NFL would gladly take Delvin Cook, but they're not all chasing him because it's not realistic. A lot, most of them don't have money under the cap to offer to him. They're not going to call him in and say, Delvin, take our offer for $1 million. You can win here. Right. You could this. You could that. They don't have the money. I mean, you think OBJ uh, wanted to go to the Ravens, that was his first choice. No, they're paying him 15 million. DeAndre Hopkins wound up with the Tennessee Titans. Why? They were offering him the most money. Bottom line, the Titans wouldn't have been his first choice. Are you kidding me? The Titans wouldn't have been close to being DeAndre Hopkins' first choice, but they had the money freed up to offer him more so than you know the other teams. right that's why he's there uh and that's what's holding up the thing with dalvin cook can anyone free up enough money you get the feeling dalvin cook will go to any team that offers him, you know the proper compensation Destement. but who yeah. might it be i'm not sure yeah. what the giants would want him are you kidding me yeah yeah i mean can you imagine they offering him? As much money as Saquon Barkley, wouldn't that be an insult to Barkley?
0: Oh, it would, it would, and you know, I don't, I, it would be a heck of a one two punch if they could get him and Delvin Cook. I'll tell you that. Uh, Rick says, talking head to the ESPN saying he should sit easy for them to say 10.1 million is sure. So,
1: I agree, with I agree with that. Yeah, you can't make it. Rick is correct, you can't make the decision for someone else. It's easy to talk, oh, all we'll bold, do this, or so we'll do that. I remember when Wade Boggs was cheating on his wife, would have another woman in the stands during the games, and then it was exposed, and it was a bit of a scandal. Mike Lupica writes in the paper, he hopes Mrs. Boggs gives Wade Boggs the sternest message he could get by leaving him. Who is he to tell someone to leave their husband or wife? He doesn't know what goes on behind the scenes. He doesn't know, you know, he's, Trying to manage someone else's life to tell them to make that type of decision. Look, there's some cases, yeah. I mean, if obviously if Wade Box was beating her every time, you know, and doing violent things to her, yeah, she should absolutely leave in certain cases. But morality judgments, that's what I'm talking about, Matt. Yeah. You can't make them for other people, like what they should do in sports telling Saquon Barkley, oh, sit out, you'll teach him a lesson. Whatever he feels comfortable doing. I, I'm i of the opinion Saquon Barkley at this moment isn't sure what he wants to do. Yeah. He's, in a, he's indecisive, he needs a little more time. He's not gonna report unless he's ready to report. For we know Saquon Barkley might report early to camp. He might be there, you know, weeks before opening game and say, look, you know, I, I'm not happy with what went down, but, I'm, um, you know, I got to get ready for the first game because that's the type of guy he is. Or maybe he, you know, he shows up at the end, not in shape to play where they don't have much use for him for the first game because he's trying to get back at them. I don't know what he's going to do. But whatever he does, we should accept it and not criticize him. Well, if, if
0: the pass is any, uh, any indication how he is, he works out hard all the whole time. And is always ready to to give it his all. He, he loves. He looks like he loves playing the game of football. I just hope the Giants get it done. Isaiah Hodkins, the wide receiver for the Giants, praises Jones for his work ethic. Um, he played against the uh, Minnesota Vikings Had a
1: great game. Jack on a broken foot. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. What gets me is players appraising others for their work work ethics. Aren't they supposed to work hard? I, think so. I mean, what are they supposed to say? Yeah, I mean, everyone yeah. says something and we take it as a headline. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, uh, one player says, oh, I'm happy to be playing with the other player and that's a headline. I'm oh, happy to be playing with them. Everything is lovey-dovey. Well, what's he supposed to say? Well, I have no choice but to play with them.
2: Right, All right.
0: Know, I, come on. I get you. I get you. Uh, Jim, Jim gets really interested in uh, lists from ESPN and other sources, like what's a team with the best future, who's uh, you know who's got the best quarterback, and what division, and, and I don't take a lot of those things seriously, Jack. I mean, of course they said the Eagles are the team with the best future. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Kansas City was in there. The Cowboys were. I mean, of course, of course they have good futures. Uh, they're great yeah. teams. I wanted to hear him say that you know Tampa Bay's got a great future. That would that would be a take. That that that, that would be something. Uh, or who's the best quarterback in the league? Whether it's Jalen Hurts or or Patrick Mahomes or or uh, you know uh, one of the best premier quarterbacks in the league. There was something interesting though, Jack, that was said on one show where nobody picked the Buffalo Bills to win the AFC East. Two of them picked the Dolphins, which I think the Dolphins are a Super Bowl contender this year. And two picked the Jets, which I think they're crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hit and miss, Mac. I mean, technically, maybe the Bills should be favorites. I picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl last year. Did their window no close? I don't know. But I can't help but think back to just a couple of years ago when the Rams won the Super Bowl. I didn't pick them to win it that year. I picked them to win it the year before that when they didn't, when they got eliminated in the playoffs and they win it one year later. Is Buffalo going to put it together one year later, fulfill their potential? You know, they look like the team to beat for a good part of the year last year, then kind of fizzled out. They struggled with Miami in the playoff game. then were beaten decisively by Cincinnati. Uh, Buffalo's window may have closed. You know, I just, Certain issues like the offensive line, did they fully address? The offensive line improved somewhat, but Josh Allen is still running more than he should. And, you know, of course they have problems with their prima donna, you know wide receiver, Stephon Diggs, and their running back situation is so-so. I mean, we hear running backs not being that important. You know the way the Buffalo Bills would benefit by an elite running back? Oh, yeah. If Delvin Cook went to the Bills, they would benefit so greatly. It would take so much pressure off Josh Allen.
2: Yeah,
0: I agree with that, Jack. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure if, you know, the draft, Saquon Barkley went second. In the draft, a lot of people are blaming Gettleman for this predicament. They blame Gettleman for everything in the Giants. Uh, anything, Any player that doesn't work out the way they think he should. Barkley was picked People second. are idiots. Aren't they? Barkley was picked second. I think Josh Allen was picked sixth or seventh. No, third. ninth.
1: So let me tell you that draft, what happened. These idiots who are criticizing Dave Gettleman for taking Saquon Barkley second idiots out there. After Baker Mayfield went number one. Who went number three? Sam Darnold. The Jets moved from number six to number three by making a trade with Indianapolis. They gave up three, three second round draft picks to move, just to move down in the draft from six to three to get Sam Darnold. So you idiots out there. You mean to tell me you rather have Sam Darnold now? Then Saquon Barkley. I mean, you hear these idiots out there. Josh Allen went ninth over there, you know, altogether. I mean, listen, if you could have had, if you knew that Josh Allen was going to be as good as he was, yes, I would have taken him ahead of Saquon Barkley because Josh Allen is absolutely better than Daniel Jones. He would have been my franchise quarterback, but he went ninth over there altogether. Okay, so there were eight teams that passed on him beforehand. Saquon Barkley's been outstanding. I agree. I mean, how can you not have taken him second? I mean, what are you questioning?
0: Well, we're These not injured. they are gone fools. Well, they're, they're questioning their running back longevity, right? That's what they're questioning right now, and the problems they're having with Saquon right now. If the Giants did sign him to a two-year contract, and we're going back to Saquon because this is a big story. If they did, and he gets injured, Jack,
1: it could happen.
0: They would blame. They would say, oh, here go the Giants. You're signing a, a running back, and we know running backs get hurt. They shouldn't have signed him to extension, blah, blah, blah. I think the Giants are doing it right. They're giving that one-year contract. Let's see what you got. If you, you're good, then we sign you for another year or maybe two years. But, you know, he's, he's 26 years old. He's going to be 27 at the end of next year, 28 the year after that,
1: Jack. So I, I think the Giants are handling it right. Yeah, well, you say handling it right. You mean they couldn't have guaranteed a couple of million more? They were so close to. Yeah, getting I, it done? I could
0: have, they could have done that, Jack. They could have done that, but again, what happens if he got hurt this year? Then they're stuck with him. Anyone and, could get hurt. I agree. I agree, but the injury, but the running backs have a shorter life than any player in, in
1: the league. Yeah, so but I, he's I, still I, he's still young enough, Matt. Juan Barkley does a lot of his things out of the backfield, catching passes. He's still lightning quick. He's not going to lose his athleticism in the next couple of years. Might he get hurt? It's possible. Yeah. That's not going to change my mind whether he gets hurt. I'm going to say, oh, see the Giants did the smart thing because he got injured. I mean, that's hit and miss with any player. Okay, right. as far as getting hurt, but Saquon Barkley, the style of player he is, he's going to be effective the next couple of years at least. More than that, the next few years, he's going to be effective, highly yeah. effective. Yeah. I mean, what happened? Running backs being <coughs> overvalued or something, so why, need, why take him? Uh, what about Marshall Lynch when he played for Seattle? Can you imagine they had that attitude? Well, they really didn't need him. The Titans didn't need Derrick Henry. They didn't need this. They didn't need that. I understand we're living in the age of running quarterbacks, but if you have a great runner, he's going to take so much pressure off of a running quarterback. I mean, if Lamar Jackson would have a Saquon Barkley, he'd have to run a lot less. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know what the Giants are thinking. I mean, what I hope to see happen, and I wouldn't advise it, I would like to see Saquon Barkley take the year off and show the Giants, okay, You are all petty and all this. You better believe, Mac, that the Giants' front office is, is nervous as heck. If Saquon Barkley sits out and the team stumbles and they're getting no production out of the backfield, you know how bad... The GM, Joe Shine, and the head coach, Brian Fabo, are going to look. And not only to the public, not only to the media, but ownership is going to be very unhappy with their decision-making because they wanted the Saquon Barkley deal done, and it didn't get done. Ownership deferred to them, so they better not have messed this up.
0: Right. Do you, do you think it was a mistake? to sign Jones for the three years and not tag him and
1: then sign Saquon to the three years, yeah? No, it wasn't a mistake. They overpaid Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is a decent quarterback who might have a heck of a good year. Not without Saquon Barkley, he won't. But if everyone stays healthy, like the tight end there in Waller, their rookie Hyde, if everyone stays healthy, they're well, he'll have weapons there, he'll have tools, He could have a pretty good year, Daniel Jones, but uh, I think the Giants, the Giants worked out a deal with him where they basically guaranteed him a nice amount of money for a couple of years, but they're not locked in long, long term. So they overpaid him, you know, for the short term, basically to keep him, you know, I think he's a competent quarterback right now, but with Daniel Jones, the worry is he could regress a little bit. We don't know. I don't think that's gonna be the case. I think he's gonna be good this year. And I, I think Daniel Jones, if he was a student, I would look at him as a B student. Good yeah. student. You put enough A students around him and the team, you know, will be okay.
0: Okay. I listen, I I am with you. Folks, we're gonna take a quick promotion break uh, okay. for some of the great shows on Northeast Streaming Sports, and Keith Angle will be coming up with us shortly after that. We'll okay. See
3: If you like the sweet science, get ready to talk boxing on the Gloved Fist podcast with top boxing writers Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. Frank, a former amateur boxer out of Philadelphia, writes for NY Fights and can be seen on the Boxing Channel. Jack, an amateur boxer who competed in the New York Golden Gloves, was a six-term president of the Boxing Writers Association. And now, here's Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. He was a giant and he was a cowboy now these two former rivals have joined forces to bring you the most insightful perceptive and controversial sports talk podcast in america former dallas cowboys defensive end jim jeffcoat locks horns with former new york giants wide receiver byron williams and now here's byron williams and jim jeffcoat It just might be the greatest sports franchise in the history of sports. A place where legends are made, and there's always something to talk about. Get ready to immerse yourself in pinstripes. Start spreading the news, hosted by Paul Semendinger and E.J. Fagan. A couple of doctors with a prescription for Yankee fever. And now, here's Dr. Paul Semendinger and Dr. E.J. Fagan. Get ready to start spreading the news. See right now, without LeBron, Lakers are, are struggling.
0: Let me tell you about a team I hate. All right, I know the Dallas Cowboy fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate you. Oh, team. I'm ready. I've often said that the people who run baseball they try very hard to ruin it.
2: I'm from
4: Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it to his face. Oh, I'm from Brooklyn! Hey,
0: This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Mac and Jack Sports Show. Jack had to step away for a couple minutes. He should be returning, and we should have Keith Angle coming in shortly up to uh, give us some of his. A uh, lot of uh, college sports news, as I said in the beginning, that we'll be going over. Uh, of course, he'll be talking about the Patriots and, and the Yankees and, and the Knicks. Any information out there? Some interesting news with the Patriots that we'll be talking. They actually gave a, uh, on their website the titles of their coaches. And one is really surprising. Uh, Keith will have some good comments on that. Um, they, As I said with uh, Jack, the Knicks do have a, uh, a trade proposal uh, for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers to bring Embiid in. Get his thoughts on that. Um, And then after that, we'll have Dr. Paul Semendinger, who does our Saturday debate show and also does a great show on Monday night if you're a Yankee fan or a baseball fan. He has Dr. E.J. Fagan in with him. They both know uh, a lot about the Yankees. Uh, It's a great show I help produce, and uh, it's a big hit in uh, a lot of Yankee groups. So if you're a Yankees fan, uh, they have uh, Start Spreading the News, a blog over there. We'll talk to Doc all about that. So, you know, me and Jack touched on the on the college sports and the hazing going on there. Um, and as I as I said, even in high school, there is a little bit of hazing going on. They do do some crazy things down there, and uh, <clears throat> some play, some players don't like it. They end up quitting. And you got to have a thick skin when you're in sports. Uh, no matter how great a player you are, I imagine Jim Jeffcoat had things he had to do. No matter. If, know, how great a player he was, Michael Strahan, Lawrence Taylor, all of them had had things that they had to do to make the team. So, I mean, you do have to have a thick skin to to play uh, at any level of sports, right? So um, that was breaking. The CAC, there is a, a little bit of news that we'll get in with Keith when he comes up, as I said. Um, we went through the running back situation. Josh Jacobs is kind of forgotten up here anyway. I mean, he was a leading scorer last, uh, leading rusher last year, uh, in the league, and he's also, uh, not signed his, his, uh, tag, a franchise tag to play. We'll see what happens over there. Um, and in baseball, really not a lot going in there except for the scores, uh, double digit scores. And me and Jack talked about that if you're just joining us, how, uh, a lot, of, a lot of people feel it's the pitching clock that's not uh, letting the pitcher get a firm grip on what he wants to throw in the conversation with the catcher and all that good stuff. The Phillies have lost a couple games, um, but they are still in the mix for the wild card game. The Yankees are – I don't know if they're in or out right now. Uh, I know the Mets are are definitely out. It would take a lot for them to come back to, to get in a wild card chase, just a wild card chase. I think the Yankees uh, – if they make a run, could still make it, but they're not going anywhere after that. So um, and here comes Keith. We got Keith Angle coming in uh, to talk about a lot of the news we talked uh, talked about earlier and help you more in depth than we are about this stuff. How are you doing today, Keith?
4: Good. What'd you do? Did you piss everybody off today, Mac? Where is well, everybody?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, Jack has, uh, he's, get, he's getting some kind of thing delivered to his house today he has to, be, uh, to make sure they put it in the right room and everything like that, you know.
4: More cash, more cash from the vault. <laughs> yes
0: yes he seems to be happy where he's at though he, uh, it's uh it's he's living Good. on a different side and you down by a river or something so uh, wow so keith you know i sent you some some topics and i think i i gave you a heads up a little bit last time you were on about uh northwestern yeah and what's going on out there uh, uh hazing and and Coaches participating, underage girls being targeted. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff going on there. What do you got for us on that?
4: It's a very ugly situation. Uh, originally, uh, there was a six-month investigation um, that came, that was concluded here, I guess, two weeks ago. That originally, the president of the university suspended head coach, Pat Fitzgerald, one of the most respected guys in the Big Ten, if not college football, by the way, bandied about for NFL jobs uh, several times during his Northwestern tenure most popular, I'm sorry, most uh, successful uh, Northwestern coach ever. Not an easy place to go and win. Um, originally suspended, suspended him two games. Now, I don't understand. They investigated in six months, and they didn't have this stuff come out until the kids came out and said this is what was going on. Yeah. Basically sexual abuse in the locker room. And so and then the, the the president backed up and said, oh, I got to reconsider what's going on here. And, and very quickly, a couple of days later, Pat Fitzgerald was fired. But none of the assistant coaches, his defensive coordinator, Franks, was named the interim head coach. In fact, hmm. now you can't tell me now, I'm not saying Pat Fitzgerald set up all this hazing. I don't think that's the case, but they had to know what's going on. The assistant coach is probably more likely than the head coach would show sure gone to the head coach. So to me, all the assistants along with uh, and and some more stories have come out about some of the assistants actually witnessing the hazing, um, maybe not participating, but witnessing it. um, So they knew it was going on. How do you not fire every single guy associated with this program? Uh, I I don't know. Think about it. It's a little bit different because it involves the students and not a a coach like Jerry Sandusky at, at Penn State. You know, we're going back, I guess, 10, at least 10 years, probably. When well, that scandal broke and cost Joe Paterno his job because, you know, he said he didn't know what was going on. And as I said last week, I was all over the story. And I've said several times, I don't know which is worse. You know what's going on and you do nothing or you don't even know what's going on. Right. Either is very, you know, not a good situation for anybody. It's going to be hard for this school to rebound from this. There's been talk about um, the NCAA um, suspending their uh, 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 football privileges, whether that happens, I don't think it's going to reach that level. Um, it maybe it should though. And this isn't just a football program. This touches uh, the baseball team. This touches some of the girls' sports. Yeah, um, and it's not a pretty situation. And it looks to me like the president of the organization or the president of the program or the, the university was trying to cover this up because they had to have known during this six-month investigation that this stuff was going on. On he
0: only for two games. I listen. You can you imagine being a parent sending your kid uh, to to this school? I mean, you know, whether you got a scholarship or you paid for it, you know, and especially you got a young daughter out there and she's being targeted from day one for sexual harassment or, or whatever they were doing there. I, it's not clear exactly what happened yet. I imagine the story will come out. Uh, what exactly did happen eventually? Um, I, I know the the baseball coach was fired. I know that. Yeah. And the lawyer there saying, well, you know, something he's defending his client, of course, saying he didn't know or, or you can't prove it. Well, eventually they're going to be able to prove it. And, you know, if it's just by witnesses itself and and Keith, I, I mean, if I I would be going out of my mind, I mean, the, the lawsuits that are going to happen oh. here at Northwestern are going to be out to out the winners There's them.
4: already uh, like I want to say at least 10 former athletes that are suing university. um I saw in the news here just I think Wednesday night. Um, now you know, look, it, it, it brings up the whole topic of hazing in general, right? It doesn't usually reach this proportion, but hazing in general to me is nothing more than than bullying by a different name, anyway. Yeah, who, I mean, who hazes people today? And and again, there's different levels. Obviously, if you're just gonna whatever make the kids, you know, I, I don't get me lunch every day and bring me my lunch to my table. Well, that's one thing. The seniors do have the power over the freshmen, Um, but when you start getting into forcing them to have do drinking games, where they're they're, you're getting alcohol poisoning, and kids have died from this type of thing on on campuses, Um, and now we've reached even a different level where this might be very likely criminal activity on the active on the behalf of some of these uh, uh, older kids, the seniors that are juniors, the upperclassmen that were initiating this stuff, and to me it just sends such a horrible message as you said to parents i'm not you want to be able to trust you sending your kids off to be taken care of that was the whole thing at penn state too right How are you ever going to trust the university more clearly going to get fired the president's going to get fired uh, uh phillips the uh, acc commissioner has been pulled into this because he was part of the uh, uh the administration when uh going back to when this potentially started and it's just it's bad for the NCAA. It's bad for the university. And uh, I don't know that we've seen the uh, last of this. Remember, there were people who were not involved at Penn State. There were people that were not involved in anything other than looking the other way that not only lost their jobs, but went to prison.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, can, you know, this happened in the military. I probably, Maybe it still does, but it happened in the military for quite a while, especially with the female yeah. recruits and they pretty much tried to shut it down. I, I imagine there's still some kind of form of harassment going on there. That's just human nature. But, um, you know, something like this to me, when you're talking underage girls, you're talking football players that want to go there to play football, not to be hazed, I got no problem. I got no problem with some of the things they do, having you sing in front of the team. Or some, no. some, some, I have no problem with that. No, I know but when broomsticks get involved i got problems you know what i mean so wow. you know it's just it's just it's a sad time uh, for northwestern that's for sure
4: very right. and, I, and i've had some people on my shows as i brought it up you know say well you know this goes both ways the, the kids could say no and i'm like they're they can't though really they're they're worried about their scholarship they're worried about playing time which yeah. again is, is an indictment of the coaching staff as well um so there is a power structure just like in a job where you're sexually harassed or whatever, because the president of the company is harassed and a secretary. It's not a whole lot different when you're talking about freshmen and seniors. There's a power structure and you either have, feel like you have to do this or I'm going to be out of here. Right. You, you're probably and you're a kid. Yeah. You can't make yeah. smart. You know, all of them are kids. You know, we think I think because kids grow up and they're they're more physically mature than. Uh, they were maybe in the past. I see kids that are 18 or 19 years old. I, they look like they're 35. Right. Uh, but they're not more mentally mature than they were no. years ago. No, not at, all. not at all. You know, so it's a sad situation. And I'm not sure where,
0: where this road ends, but it's not mm-hmm. going to be pretty for anybody. I agree. Uh, CAC, a new uh, uh, bipartisan bill through the Senate where they're going to try and uh, Set oversight, you know, oversight committee committee to uh, look at the NIL and how it's running and how it's administered and how the rules are. What do you think, Keith? Is this another another body getting involved in in college sports, or do they need something like this?
4: Uh, I don't like to see the federal government get involved in anything because they can't even get my mail here on time. You know, (laughs) people want them to run their health care and they want them to to take care of college football. College football needs to clean itself up. College football should have had a, a a plan in place for the NIL stuff, for the portal transfers, and they don't. They said, well, let the individual uh, states uh, rule on it. We'll let the universities handle it if not. And to me, all they were doing was passing a buck until Congress said, we'll get involved here now. Yeah. And now you're, you're seeing – I mean, it's funny to see some of these coaches. Now, there have been coaches like Nick Saban who has spoken out against this from the beginning, and he really hasn't participated a little bit. But not any great scale. But now you got Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, who who has really benefited at Ole Miss from the transfer portal, from NIL, maybe a little bit less so. But now he's speaking out and calling football it being a disaster for college football. But he's really uh, made use of the, the uh, situation to his benefit. So. Getting Congress involved, I mean, look, somebody's got to get involved. This thing is like out of control. The schools weren't both supposed to be involved in it when the NILs came out. They're supposed to be individuals, boosters, and whatnot. But it's very clear the the schools are directly involved in all of these negotiations for for NIL, um, and it's not the way that it was intended to be uh, right. in any shape or form. And it's just run amok. Um, where kids are basically free agents. When you when you put the NAL together with the transfer portal, basically kids are free agents every year.
0: And yeah, they, they just move around three times. It doesn't I, matter. It, I got a
4: better offer over here. You either match it or I'm out of here. It's happened with a couple of uh, of uh, fairly high profile kids. More uh, one in uh, on NC in the NCAA. And you know, look at it. they thought it was going to level the playing field. I don't see where that's happened.
0: I and, listen. I, I agree with you 100. percent uh, we got Dr. Paul coming up. He's down underneath right now. So let's let's get to the to Patriots news and then we'll bring him up because sure. you know you both you're both part of our Yankee expert crew here. We're going to interview Dr. Paul about his show and, and and whatnot. So the New England Patriots have a, uh, have put up on their uh, their site their titles of their coaches. There's one that really surprised me. Bill O'Brien doesn't surprise me um, being the offensive coordinator. Um, you know. Uh, Steve Belichick and Jared Mayo, linebackers coach. I imagine. I'm not sure who would be the defensive coordinator there. Uh, maybe Jared because he's been there longer, or, or or a player longer. Maybe Steve because he's his son. He also has Brian Belichick as a safeties coach. So it's a it's a Belichick affair right now over there with with you. Biggest Probably surprise. Problem. Biggest surprise. Aaron Judge is the assistant head coach, Keith. And uh, if Joe. something happens, happens to Bill. <laughs> Uh, there you go. Uh, judge gets the.
4: I know you um, met Joe Judge, by the way. Judge, Joe
0: judge, yeah, They're related some way, I think. But <laughs> if it's Aaron
4: judge, the Yankees got a big problem as well. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> Joe, Joe Judge is going to be the assistant head coach over there. And uh, what do you think about that?
4: Yeah, look, uh, it, assistant head coaches, to me, they didn't have another position for him. That's what I always see when I see assistant head coach. I go, what does this guy actually do? He blows a whistle when Bill tells him to, probably, in practice. Yeah. That's about it. They didn't give him another job. I'm a little surprised they didn't put him back on special teams because that's what his forte is.
2: Right.
4: Um, so, listen, I, I, does it does it mean that Joe Judge has got more authority than, say, Jared Mayo? I don't think so, not even a little bit. I think Mail Mayo, is a, there won't be a defensive coordinator. Again, remember, the Patriots are not all – they've gone years without having an offensive or a defensive coordinator. Last year they didn't um they don't they aren't a big believer in in naming people to these positions because mostly because you have to pay them uh pay them more once you give them that title uh as far as the defensive side of the phone i mean obviously the offensive side it's very obvious bill o'brien has got pretty much autonomy over there to do what he wants with bill belichick having the last say um on defense You know, there's been a lot. The last few years, there's been a lot because you always see during the games the pictures of Stevie Belichick with his tongue hanging out or whatever. And uh, good morning, Rick. Good to see you. Um, um, But he's not the guy who's masterminding that defense. It's Gerard Mayo who is probably the heir apparent if Bill leaves soon enough. And I think one of the reasons we're hearing the rumors about Belichick's maybe being on the hot seat and the short leash he might be on. Is because the Patriots know they cannot keep Gerard Mayo forever. Right. If they want him, and by all accounts, the crafts want Mayo to be the next head coach, they're gonna have to make a move. I mean, that's why if they don't if they don't perform well this year or uh, and that doesn't mean winning a Super Bowl, right? That means probably making a playoffs anyway.
2: Right.
4: Ben um, Bill might, as I'm shocked at, be gone. Um, but as far as he's Maybe there's too many Belichicks on this team to begin <laughs> with,
0: by the way. Yeah, I mean you know, let's bring up doc. I I've never heard this, Doc, in baseball, where the Suns end up being on the coaching staff. I think football is one of the only the only sports that I know of that has, you know, the Suns. I can you imagine if Aaron Have Boone had, Yeah, can you imagine if Aaron Boone had a son or maybe he does and he's like the bench coach? I mean, I don't I don't know how that would fly. <laughs> it, it's definitely
5: unique. I believe a long, long time ago, uh, Connie Mack's son I was was was, was with the um, uh, Philadelphia A's at the time. I believe that's true. Of course, Aaron Boone's dad was a manager, right? Uh, so runs in the family, if nothing
0: else.
4: Yeah, you know, we don't need more Boons with input on the Yankees. Right? Well, no, then, no, no, not at maybe, all. Thank maybe
0: you. Daniel. Maybe Daniel Boone would have been a good addition. <laughs> Daniel Boone
4: would be doing a better job in the dugout right now than Aaron Boone. I said. don't disagree.
0: If nothing else, we could track better. So, um, you know, uh, there is a uh, a player before we get to Doc and, and his and his books and all that stuff. Like a little bit of Yankee news here. Um, they're looking to. Uh, Linked to an all star catcher uh, the Royal Salvador Perez. Um, you know, they're, they're thinking about maybe going after him. I don't know if, if you know, I've never watched him play or not. The biggest, the biggest problem they say in New York is that to handle New York, Jack was on there, he's he's almost he's so tired of hearing of this, you know, about Hicks and about. You know, all these other players that Sonny Gray couldn't handle New York. So that's why they went on to play better. He feels that maybe if they just left him alone, that maybe, you know, uh, they would turn it around a little bit. And you can't deny Hicks is doing really good in Baltimore, guys. So what do you think about that?
4: Go ahead, Doc. I have spoke a lot on this Sunday show. Go ahead.
5: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Keith. Uh Listen. I just, I have an article coming up on start spreading the news at noon today. And I've been saying this for weeks, if not longer, that it's time for the Yankees to sell. And so I'm going to get to your answer in a roundabout way. There is this belief, like I, I think the Yankees ought to sell John Carlos Stanton, trade him. They should trade everything that, that they possibly can. It's time to retool and reload for next year. But every time I mention... That the Yankees can trade John Carlos Stanton. Somebody comes back and they go, He's got a no trade clause. And then I say, Well, what does that mean? Well, he won't leave. Well, why, why wouldn't he leave? What, what is it about the Yankees that's telling John Carlos Stanton, You have to stay here forever, even if they're going to be terrible going forward? He might be thrilled to have a chance to go to another team. Now, granted, the Yankees would have to kick in money and all that. I don't want to get into that specific. That's I'm not talking about that part of it. I'm talking about this idea like he has a no-trade clause, so he won't leave. Joey Gallo left. He has a positive OPS plus this year. He's not hitting great. He's like 180, but he's doing. He's having his best year in a long time. Jordan Montgomery left in his first seven starts last year for the Cardinals. He went 5-0 and o with an ERA under 2. Uh, you mentioned Sonny Gray. You mentioned... Uh, Aaron Hicks, our oldest Chapman's having a great year. Um, you know, the Rangers just picked him up, he's throwing bullets again. So there's all these guys that leave the Yankees and do well. You you don't think that Giancarlo Stanton might be thinking that, or DJ LeMahieu might be thinking that? So, so, but but in regard to Stanton, the the no trade clause, all that means is Somebody's going to have to kick in a little bit more money, but we keep hearing fans like Stanton has two home runs a couple of weeks ago or whatever. He's back. And the media, he's back. Well, you know what? If there are people that believe he's back, there's probably GMs out there who believe, you know what? We don't need Stanton to be super great. We just need another bat in the lineup for a couple of months. He might be able to help us. And I he probably can. So, so that that's my point about that. I think guys leave New York and sometimes they do better. I don't think it has anything to do with pressure or anything like that. But I also don't think that the Yankees have the most productive clubhouse and organization right now. Yeah. I don't think there's people that are saying I have to stay with the Yankees because they're so great. They're not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's good to have two people knowledgeable about the Yankees besides Jack. Go ahead. Keith. go
4: ahead. And I'll and I'll, I'll just kind of kind of repeat the things I've said. <laughs> the last several weeks about Aaron Hicks every time uh, uh, Jack brings him up. There is, I I do think it's harder to play in New York than other places because you're under a bigger microscope. So it was very, it it isn't like Aaron Hicks never got a chance to perform here. It isn't like they gave him a short leash this year, maybe so, but he didn't deserve a longer leash. And I could care less if he hit 40 home runs in Baltimore. It doesn't mean he was going to do it in New York. And I don't believe he ever would have. So, the the move, you, looking back at it, you know, with, with twenty twenty hindsight, it's easy to do, but, but I can't say the same results would happen in New York. That happened in Baltimore or somewhere else, and I don't care. Uh, as as uh, as uh, Doc said, that if they traded Stanton, if he went on some home run tear because he's in a home run hitting friendly ballpark, that we should have kept him. You can't make. I I think, and I, I'm I'm curious whether. Uh, the good doctor uh, agrees with me here. I think the Yankees hurt themselves with Gary Sanchez here for years because they were afraid to trade him because they were afraid of what he would do somewhere else. And that's why he was here so long and way too long as, as I'm curious if he agrees with that. Comment. No, I agree
5: with that hundred, hundred percent. Like you have, if you're a GM, you're going to make moves and you're going to make moves that work. And you're going to make moves that don't work. You can't worry about that, right? Yeah. Like you can't say, well, I agree with you too. And it, if Aaron Hicks or John Carlos Stanton or Anthony Rizzo or DJ LeMahieu or whoever gets traded and they go off and they hit 400 and they well, then you say good for them. They right. weren't doing it as Yankees and maybe and I'm, I'm a big fan of, of trading Harrison Bader. Maybe if Bader became really good, you'd say, well, he didn't have enough time into New York in New York. He could have proven it. But the Keith's point. John Carlos Stanton's had a long time to show what he can do here. Aaron Hicks has had a long time to show what he could do here. Aroldis Chapman had a long time to show what he could do here. And for whatever reason, and I don't disagree that the spotlight's a little bit brighter or probably a lot brighter in New York. But, you know, if you're a professional athlete, you've got to perform. And if you can't perform in New York, well, then get rid of them. And if you then go somewhere else and you're great, I don't think that, as Keith said also, I don't think that necessarily translates to you would have done great in New York Obviously, you weren't. And it's not like like I have any animosity toward any of these guys. Exactly. If John Karloch Stan goes out and wins five MVP awards, good for him. Like, right. good. I'm like, I I want you to be successful. I just don't want you on the Yankees anymore.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> right? so, so, guys, what I mean, what's the answer? The Yankees, I don't think, are going to – if they make a wild card, they'll be lucky, I think, right now. I mean, Baltimore's yeah. in first place now. I'm glad to see them doing good. Uh, Tampa Bay cooled off a little bit. Boston still has a shot at the wild card. I think the Yanks are done. So what? What, do you, what you said? Just get rid of it. Do you get rid of Boom? Do you get rid yes. of GM? Do yes. You, I, the whole thing. The whole shabbat has gone.
4: Blow it up. Get over. Wow. wow. Twenty years of Cashman's never been there. Twenty-five years. I mean, the first few years were pretty good, but those weren't teams he built. They were already built for him by Gene Michael and Buck Walter. Um. When it started to become his team's, let's say twenty years ago, I mean he's been to they've been to two World Series in twenty years and one won one. The Royals have been to two in the last seven years. I mean that can't happen in Major League Baseball. I know it sounds like uh, you're just a spoiled Yankee fan, but yeah, I am. It's the Yankees, <laughs> it's, the it's the Yankees, it's not the Royals. And and my problem is Cashman doesn't try anything different. We do the same thing over and over again. We, we put together flawed teams that can't score unless they're hitting home runs, can't hit a leak pitching in the playoffs. He gets right-handed power hitters for a left-handed ballpark. Too many of them. I'm not saying you can't have any. And we keep getting pitchers with questionable makeups and injury histories. See Carlos rundown James Paxton. latest James Pax. I've just mentioned the latest iteration, right? But you can go, it's amazing. Another guy, Paxton, who couldn't pitch in New York, he's pitching great in Boston. Okay, great. Well, good right. for him. Right, right. There's like the, the, the road is littered with bad decisions uh, by Cashman. The only thing he's done well that I can see, and I don't know that it's him, it's more scouting and whatnot, is the draft has been pretty good, obviously. They've done very good stockpiling kids, but then they tend to trade them away anyway. How many good kids have we traded to Texas for Joey Gallo? Yeah, We're mm-hmm. about to get traded for Otani, maybe a bunch of them. I don't know. Gee, come on, I mean, oh my god it, it just gets it just gets silly after a while, right? And, Boone, it, um, and Boone, Cashman me, said, me, oh, "I'm me, sorry, you go." Let me just finish one real quick. I'm like, uh, I, that was Cashman, and it and it goes down to Boone because Boone to me just is a puppet for Cashman. I mean, they've got a script. Stop reading the script. Pay attention to your gut and watch the game. Nobody watches the game and has a feel for the game anymore. And, and and Boone doesn't, and Boone doesn't hold guys accountable. We watch guys run the bases. We watch Cleaver Torres run until he gets tagged. That's his base running strategy, you know. And and Boone doesn't hold guys accountable.
0: He laughs about it when it works, you know. Well, just I was right. I always try to bring some some great some happy news when I well up. not lately. <laughs> <laughs> I try to. Uh, Aaron Judge might be back. You know, that's that's something maybe we can look. There for. is that. A lot a lot of people are comparing Aaron Drudge, Judge now to Mike Trout as far as injuries. Is he the type of fl- player that we're going to have a few good great years out of him and then he gets injured? And then, you know, like the, the way Trout's been going, I ain't comparing Aaron Judge to Mike Trout right now because, of course, Mike Trout uh, has had a longer career and it's a lot better. But, I mean, is this something that we, that we might end up looking forward to, guys?
5: I'm worried about that. Yes. And i w I've always been worried about judge uh, judge's injury history. He played a lot in 2017. He played a lot in 2021, and then he played a lot last year, but the other years he's been out for significant periods of time. Let me, let me make this point about judge for this year and Keith and you, uh, Mac, you may disagree with me. He's not a hundred percent yet. Everybody's agreeing with that. We just mentioned how the Yankees should probably blow it up right and say get rid of everybody we just mentioned that the yankees are a long shot to make the final wild card piece where they'll probably if they even made it will get into the playoffs and be eliminated quickly so i would think that a smart organization knowing all of this would say to aaron judge we're not bringing you back until you're healthy until you're 100% you, you. If he goes out there and he re-injures himself, that could take even more time before he's able to get back on the field and do the things he needs to do. There's all sorts of pitchers and players in baseball history, like Dizzy Dean. He gets hit and he changes his uh, windup, and then he he's never the same guy after that. If Judge has to uh, do things differently to favor the injury that he has. It could lead to all sorts of other injuries or all all sorts of bad habits that mess up his swing, that mess up the way he plays. Shut him down. There's no reason to bring him back except as a marketing tool. Say, hey, look, judge is back. Come fill the stadium. That's not going to help the Yankees long term, and it's not going to help the Yankees in 2023 because I don't think he can help the Yankees in 2023.
4: Yeah, I don't totally disagree. The problem with the reality of that is we just talked about the fact that Cashman and Boone – are really probably fighting, they should be fighting for their lives, which means they're not going to want to quit on this season. And Cashman's going to go all in to get into the playoffs and think anything can happen where it hasn't happened since uh, uh, Boone's been the manager, uh, as we know. And uh, the smart thing to do probably won't be the thing that they do because if they do, they're, they're they're probably dead man walking anyway, but they should be dead man walking. Uh, I'm just afraid that that's not the way they're going to go. They're going to fool themselves into thinking, all we got to do is get into that last wild card spot, and we got a shot. Not with this roster the way it's uh, constituted. Not with a lot. And if you tell me Bader's going to stay healthy, who I like, and I understand Doc wants to move. I love Bader, but he can't stay healthy. So I'm not necessarily uh, uh, tied to him long-term either. Either. If you're going to tell me we can bring Otani in here without giving up our best prospects, which isn't going to happen, um, then maybe I say we take a shot, but other than that, yes, Yankees don't punt ever. Though that's the problem, right? So yeah. and
5: they did punt in 2016. I was going to get to this and a couple they got minutes better, right? And yes, got better,
4: actually, they yeah. did get
5: better. But but this was back in like 2013, 2014. That's when Aaron, uh, excuse me, when Brian Cashman said, "Trust me." I've got these great kids coming. There's this great new youth movement. Look at our system. We've got the exact same thing they're telling us right now. These great kids, we're going to retool for a couple years. This part they're not saying, but that's what they said back then. And by 2018, 2019, we are going to be great because all these kids, trust me, trust the process. What happens in the meantime, most of those kids, except Aaron Judge, don't really work out. They get rid of Joe Girardi and maybe it was time, but they bring in a manager who at this, I'll never understand this, who never managed. He never coached. He never had any leadership position. He was a TV guy. There's a big difference between being a TV guy and being the manager of a baseball team, especially one that's supposed to go to the World Series. Yeah, like. If the Yankees figured in 2018 that they were going to be a last place team, then you say, Hey, you know what? Aaron Boone, you're going to, we're going to give you five years. We're going to see what happens. They were supposed to take it to the next level. They were one game away from the world series and they turned it over to a guy who nobody could have known how he was going to do. Cause he had no track record. There was nothing to base it on except a hunch. And so Cashman said, trust me, I have the vision, I have the manager, I have the coaches, I have the plan. It didn't work, mm-hmm. and they're getting worse. So I think at this point you say, you know what? We gave you all of our trust, and this is where we are. It's time to go in a different direction. It doesn't mean Brian Cashman wasn't a great GM. I think he was a very good GM. Is he still a great GM in 2023? Mm-hmm. No. I think the jury's out. And I, don't, I think the answer probably is no. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, yeah.
0: I mean – I mean I mean who do you who do you get for a GM who do you get for a coach I mean if you're talking replacing the top do you get a young GM from one of these teams that that do you know that that play you know play with newer players and bring up uh uh talent or do you go with an older GM that's been around a, the 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 game for a while see this is, this is the questions that a lot of people are going to have if you do this stock of people
5: EJ on the start spread the news show, wants the Yankees to go after the GM of Tampa Bay, you know, go get one of these young guys who seems to have success all the time with, with, with a different approach. He, he, and, and I don't want to dominate the discussion. So Keith can jump in and, and, and let me just make this quick point in our country. We have a president. And we have a law that went into effect, you know, in the FDR or the Truman administration that says you can only be the president for eight years. The Constitution says you can be a senator only for six years. Now you can get reelected and they do. But but the idea is you can only be in the House of Representatives for two years. The idea behind all that is eventually people get to the point where even if they're great at what they do, that they eventually aren't going to be great anymore eventually the old way of looking at something becomes passe. And you need to have somebody who's dynamic and somebody who understands. And when you have somebody in the same leadership role for decades, it's only natural that that approach is going to not be the right approach 20 years later. And I think that's what we are at the Yankees, the approach, whatever it was, it didn't work. It was good. The Yankees were very good, but they weren't great. And now it's time for a different way to look at how to build a team.
4: Yeah, it's funny. I, I agree that they need to take a different approach. I think uh, Doc and I are going to diverge a little here because I think base the Yankees and baseball in general needs to go more old school than new school. And maybe it needs to be a combination of things. There's too much emphasis put on numbers and analytics and, and nonsense. And as I said before, not enough gut. Oh, I don't uh,
5: disagree with that. In
4: the game. Right. And I think you need a, somebody with some a little bit of old school mentality. Just take the way the pitchers are approached today. I've gone nuts about this for the last forever. But even especially the last few months, you know, I think the approach to pitchers and the fact that they don't throw ever except when they're pitching is just ridiculous. And they they put these they they change their approach to pitching and the Yankees are no different. Uh, to try to protect pitchers in the big contracts that they give them, and it's had the opposite effect. They don't throw enough. They don't have strong enough arms, and they end up getting hurt. Where yeah. so, you did see that happen. Keith, come, uh, this, this is
5: what I would do if I ran a team. I would draft pitchers who are kids who look like they are going to be durable, who have shown that they're durable. And in my minor league system, see, this is – I agree with you 100%. I think I'd go – much more old school on this. I would stress throwing. I mean, that's what the the Braves did in the 1990s, right? They threw all the time and I would build my kids up so that they could all handle lots of innings. I wouldn't baby them throughout the minor leagues. I'd make them stronger as they progress. Maybe I'd have to slow down their progression in the minor leagues, but I would make sure this, this would be my organizational philosophy. We're going to build durable pitchers and you know what? That would actually revolutionize baseball in a way that's different than the way most teams are playing today, because I would have starting pitchers that could probably go seven innings, maybe eight innings. And that would put a lot of less stress on a bullpen. It would make me not need 13 relief pitchers. And then I could have, you know, another pinch runner Another fielder to be a backup defensive replacement for my first baseman who needs a defensive replacement. The speedy guys in the outfield. I could have a deeper roster with pinch hitters and and replacement players who can play different positions, rather than having 97 guys in the bullpen because none of my pitchers can pitch past the fifth inning.
4: Absolutely, 100 percent agree. I'm so t- agree. I, I, I'm so tired of watching guys come up. And when they walk a guy and after they got 80 or 90 pitches, they're looking at the dugout for somebody to come and get them. That's the, that's the way they're trained. That's where their mentality is. I want guys like Garrett Cole who are pissed off every time you come out to the mound. Get out of here.
2: Yeah.
4: yeah. You know, so, again, I there's got to be, I understand, right? I'm a bit of a dinosaur and I'm a get off my, get off my lawn kind of guy these days, it appears. But uh, kids get off my lawn. I yell at during my show sometimes just out of nowhere. Um, but I realize you can't just go back to the old ways. There's got to be some of the new uh, thought process involved as well. But there has to be a, a meshing of it. And uh, I think that's what I'd be looking for. Who that is? I don't know. I really don't. Um, yeah. so, I know who yeah. I wanted to be the manager and who I wanted in 2000 and. 17. When did they hire Boone? 17?
5: At the end of 17, yeah.
4: I wanted Rob Thompson then. He won't be mm. available now, but Rob Thompson's a guy he got a cursory interview,
0: and they said, Thanks a lot, Rob. See you later. Interesting. Interesting. So, doc, we got doc Dr. Paul in here uh to interview him a little bit about his books and this and of course his site and all that good stuff. Keith, you're welcome to sit sit sure. sit in. Sure, and, I uh, your- any questions. So, doc, I always start the players off with this question i'm gonna start you off with it about your profession now you were uh, a principal in the school before you you retired what actually made you want to become an, a sports author which is what you've written so far
5: yeah so um it i've always written and i've written a lot of in a lot of different genres and a lot of different things and obviously i'm a big baseball fan big yankee fan And so the question is, what made me want to be an author? Before I retired, it was just sort of a hobby. It was something I did to have some fun. The reason I started the whole website of Start Spreading the News back in 2017 was because I wanted to get my first novel, Scattering the Ashes, published. And the basic feedback I got back from literary agents and publishers was you need to have a name of some sort. You need to have a platform. Nobody knows who you are. So... That's how I got a platform. That's how people started to know who I was. I, I, I ran a website um, on the Yankees, and that helped me get my first book published. And so um, once I retired, obviously now I have lots more time to write. I, I think I – I don't know if I told you this. I'm working on a book right now about some Yankees, but n- you have never seen – no one has ever seen any of them play baseball, believe it or not. It's a book about Yankees that no one's ever seen play baseball. So it should be something totally different and you have no idea where I'm going with this, right? Because it's oh, I about, do. I do. Oh, okay. I know. we
0: talked about it before, but oh, that's you... right. We did. Right. If you want to yeah. say it, you can, if you don't want to keep it surprise up to no,
5: you. No, no, no. It's, 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 I'm working on, it. it's about a, a whole bunch of different Yankees. It's, it's about the battle of Gettysburg. So these, these are different Yankees. And There's Confederates in there as well. And so I'm, I'm knee deep in my research. I spend a couple hours every day working on, on that book. And so it's a little different direction, but, um obviously I still write for Start Spreading the News every single day. And you know, I'm on the Mac and Jack show on Saturdays. I have the Dr. Sem show on Saturdays, I have the Start Spreading the News show on Monday nights. So I'm still obviously very involved with the Yankees and writing about them. And I have some other Yankee projects that are in the works, but we're not there yet. Okay.
2: So, Sounds
4: great. Love the Civil War. I I look forward to that. I just well, read thank you just read the Roy White uh yeah. Uh oh, by the way, great, great job. Thank great you. Job. One of my favorite interviews I did uh, when I was uh, started up doing this this type of thing was, was having Roy on. It was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. I know he uh, is he Matt is the best. It.
5: He is um, you know, a lot of times you meet the people you look up to, right? And they they have clay feet and they're they're just nothing like you. Yeah. At, I'd imagine they would be. Roy White was everything you could have hoped and more. Yeah, he is a kind, gentle, dignified, generous human being who just happened to be on a great Yankee and a yes. great
4: baseball player. I agree hundred percent.
0: So, so let's go to your first book again, Scattering Ashes, uh, where, you know, this is about a father and son uh, relationship <laughs> that uh, it, it's, it's seen through marathon, which doc is a avid marathon runner. So it's something he knows something about, but this is interesting how a son kind of gets closer to his father, right? Doc?
5: yes so it's a story about a father who uh, and a son and the son's a school teacher and he's looking forward to the summer and he knows he's going to visit his dad a lot and they're going to do some things and then his dad suddenly passes away and then the son obviously deals with that grief and as he's working with the lawyer to settle the estate the lawyer says i've got a crazy thing before you can get your inheritance you're going to have to scatter your father's ashes in these various places and the the kid's like, well, where am I supposed to do this? And the lawyer says, I have these letters. And I'm only going to give them to you one at a time. And so he gives him the first letter, which was were written by his dad before his dad had passed away. And, and those stories then relate to the main character's name is Sam Holmes. It relates to his life in, in, in a direct way every time. And he goes off and he scatters his father's ashes in various places that had been meaningful to his father and him in their lives together as a father and a son and a family. And Mm -hmm. through this whole process, he spends a year grieving. He learns to appreciate his father even more and he grows closer to him and of course other things happen along the way like he meets a girl and they fall in love and runs the new york city marathon he's also a big baseball fan so it's a lot of baseball in there and it's a it's a touching book i think it's funny i also think it's it's quite touching i think people cry they they tell me that when they read it they say i laugh a lot i cry a lot it's it's a touching book there's a lot of faith in there it's not a religious book but but you know there's there's obviously when you're dealing with grief and you're dealing with sadness you look to the lord and uh and and that's in there as well so i think it, I think it's really a special book and I'm very proud of it.
0: And you've done you've done some other uh books and yeah especially Yankees uh you know where the Yankees have only played one inning some players and 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 uh stuff like there you go the least among them he, he, doc is ready when I ask him come for interview I know he'll be prepared so uh i of
4: stack of those books or are you just uh so What's that? Have you got a chair? You sitting on a stack of your books? No, no, no. I just, I just have all the books in front of them. The, the, the,
5: I'm, I'm in a room full of my books. I just have to reach out, and the, the books are there. See there. Right. <laughs> sure.
0: So the least among them is about is, and, and it develops into other stories too, Doc. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, when you you said it before. So uh, again, you know, you're 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 making a dent in, in sports as an author, and you're getting some awards and some recognition. Um, how does that feel? I mean, you're going around, you're making speeches, you're you're visiting different sports arenas and stuff. How does it feel you know, to be on a road and and meeting all these different people?
5: It's it's awesome. Um, I always love to give lectures when I was being a principal. I would go to educational conferences. I still do that a little bit. In fact, I was at an educational conference talking about meeting people in person who are even better in person than they seem on uh, the media or in different ways. I was up in Springfield, Massachusetts. I was at an educational conference for the new England school of, uh, uh, middle schools, teaching leaders there about how the heart of leading is your heart. And if you lead from the heart, you're going to have a great school. And on my way home, I took a detour into Connecticut and I got to meet Mac and Linda who are the most wonderful, gracious people you could ever imagine. And we spent uh, probably an hour or so together. It was great and I and uh <laughs> so, yeah I've, I've, I've always loved going around and, and talking and, and having public appearances and so it feels great a couple weeks ago we were at barnes and noble and the least among them and the roy white book were right there in the sports <laughs> section and the baseball section and you say to yourself like wow that's pretty cool i i've, I've achieved something that that uh was only a dream and and you know, but but again, I'm also never satisfied, right? I'm not saying like, well, I, I got a book in Barnes and Noble. I want to have 50 books of Barnes and Noble. I want to be the guy that's on the on the window of Barnes and Noble. And
2: right.
5: I don't know if the if the uh, Gettysburg book is going to be that big. Um, I think it'll, but I think it'll be really fun. And and uh, who knows what the future holds as far as other books and and
4: uh, other things that are going to come down the pike. But yeah, I love it. Well, if I heard you correctly, your next book is about Linda and Mac uh, McGrath. <laughs> Did I miss
0: well, your- that, that? Yes, that yes. That won't sell too many copies, Keith. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'll buy. I, I'll push it on the program for definitely. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that, that will, uh, that will uh, do that. So a little bit more on spreading the news, your site, your website, Doc. I mean, I know you started that. Well, uh, you, like, you just thought I didn't know you started that because you wanted to get scattered in ah, your ashes published. But I know it was something else before you took it over I'm not sure if, uh, uh, if it was EJ that was in charge of it. Or he had something mm-hmm, to do it with was. it. But you took over uh, there, and it's become bigger. And, and it's kind of a go-to site if you want to read about the Yankees for sure.
5: I, thank you. I think it is. I think it's the best site out there. I don't think anybody puts out as much content as we do. We put out at least three or four articles every single day. Um, actually, it's four every single day, except on very rare occasions. We put an article out at 6 a.m., at 10 a.m., at 2 p.m., And then during the season, we put out the, a game thread and then a post game quick hit. And during the off season, we put out a six o'clock article. So there's at least four articles every day. We've been doing that, you know, for more than five years since 2017. So the long story is EJ was running a site called it's about the money. And I'd reached out to EJ. I didn't know who he was, um, but I was told you need to have a voice in order to be able to become published. And so I reached out to him because I figured I could write about the Yankees. And I said, could I write for your site? And I, I guess somehow I sent them a writing sample or something. He goes, sure, you're hired. And so I wrote for that site. It's called It's About the Money for probably five or six or seven months. And then it's like September of 2017. And EJ says, oh, by the way, I've got bad news. We're going to shut this thing down. We're not doing it anymore. Nobody reads blogs. We're all tired of it. And that was like my Andrew Carnegie moment. I'm like, well, rather than firing me, I'm going to buy the company. And so I said to him, well, if you're going to shut it down, can I have it? I'll buy it off you. I, I This is the, my one place where I can write and people – I didn't feel like trying to figure out another site and going through all that nonsense and seeing somebody right. else would pick me up. And he's like, you want it? Yeah, hold on. You can have it. Um, just change the name. And that's where Start Spreading the News came from.
0: And now EJ does a, a podcast called uh, – the bronx beat bronx beat and now he's out. start spreading the news so it comes it came a full circle there which is very very interesting there and and, and ej you know i i don't get to see him too much anymore because you're you're running the show now producing it too but he does a great job and you got great writers over there doc that make their uh special appearances when one of you can't come in a very all knowledgeable uh people i heard i did write a couple pieces for you which you did mm-hmm. publish. Keith, I heard is is got a bunch of articles. He's ready to send you. Uh,
5: I hope he does. Be, Keith, that be
0: anytime you want. We that I would
5: be
1: awesome.
4: Well, uh, they're written in crayon. That's the problem. I'm not, <laughs> I, I, and I don't I don't speak great, but I write even worse. So it's. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: he's just he's just he's just saying. That. He's very thoughtful. Keith is one of the most thoughtful uh, broadcasters we have on the. Uh, on the network for sure. Very insightful. Well, so, so especially, and every, and every, and every uh facet he's in there. It's great on us for the Yankees when you're not, a, you know, on the show on Thursday and, and, and Sunday. And he knows a lot about college football. That's he's, he's probably the, one of the best at college football that I've seen anyway, gets a lot of views on that too. So, thank you. so doc, uh tomorrow we got the debate show coming up. Uh, for all the Yankee fans out there and baseball fans, too, because I know they they you know, these guys know a lot about baseball, uh, not just the Yankees history of baseball, too. So check out start spreading the news website, uh, you know, and uh, for those who don't. Doc, you should get an Instagram site up too, just to let you know. I don't know if you know. Yeah. You know what? It's it's it, Instagram's
5: got to happen. I'm not on Facebook either. I do do a lot on Twitter. When you are running your own show and you're trying to do a lot of different things, you have to sort of make decisions, right? And Delegation. um,
0: Delegation. A lot of people over there. It's nothing to it. You just go to Instagram. It says uh, open your site. It tells you exactly what to do. It's sort of like it on Facebook. Give you step by step. Delegate that down. You guys would be a big hit over there. I'm telling you, you'd be a big hit on Instagram. Of course, Facebook, you do a couple of shows, but of course, uh, you know, Twitter has been really great to you guys, but give it a shot anyway. Take it out. Take
5: yeah. It. One of the, one of these days, you know, I, you have to make decisions about where you're going to spend your time. And True. so
0: true. Very true. Uh, so Keith, thanks for coming in. Jack, worry, had to leave. like I said, he had some, some moving things coming in. That's why he wasn't there. It would have been a lot more fun with him there because I know he would have gone after you guys about Hicks. And,
4: oh, we Hicks. would have talked for 45 minutes about Aaron Hicks. Yeah,
0: we would have probably. <laughs> so, so maybe it was better he wasn't around for that. We got through a lot of stuff I wanted to get through. So Keith Angle, check him out, TGI Sports Talk. He's got Scream at Consciousness. He's got his Friday show. He's got his college show now. Uh, he does at least three shows a week. He's on uh, Let's Talk Sports site, too, uh, with Dan Dave Harris, which we kind of partnered up with. We're, we're, we're kind of sharing shows back and forth to get more exposure both ways. And, of course, again, Dr. Paul, and start spreading the news. Check out his site and check out his show Monday Night. It's a it's a great, a great podcast. Guys, have a great one. We'll see you tomorrow, Doc. We'll see you on Sunday, Keith. Thank I you. And I never get tired of you guys either. So let you know. <laughs>
5: Keith, I'm going to have to come to your house, and then uh, we'll meet each other in person, and then I'll write a book about you, too. Oh, yes.
0: awesome. Yes. That'll be now, fun. You guys, you guys look your your cool. book
4: will be a couple pages longer than Mac's book. Because yes, yes, yes. I don't we, know why. but All these chapters about all my ex-wives,
2: actually. Yeah, wow. Well, I don't know <laughs> about that. Whoa. I'd buy that. I'd buy it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, guys. You have a great one. <laughs> thanks for checking in. We'll see you tomorrow on the Jack uh, Mac and Jacks sports debate show with doc and maybe the philly sports guy keith will be in the sunday uh this week in sports show have a great day enjoy your friday folks we'll see you tomorrow